The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. So today we are in part two of our series, Silver and Gold. Everybody say silver and gold. Silver and gold. Last week we looked at the foundation for silver and gold. If the God of heaven, there's something wrong with the lighting. I should have known, figured that out. If the God of heaven is going to prosper believers, why will he? Why should he? What is the guarantee that we have? And if you missed last week, I, I really want to encourage you to get the message. It's, it's free to, to download and listen to it, even if you were, even if you were here. I have to listen to that message over and over myself because it's the crux of our distinction on earth. Today, we are looking at silver and gold, I have none. Silver and gold, I have none. Next week, by the grace of God, we will be looking at the silver is mine and the gold is mine says the Lord, before we now look at the principles of silver and gold. You know, we need to do one, two, three before we really begin to look at the principles of silver and gold. Otherwise, there will be no foundation to put the building on. Praise the name of the Lord. So, it is so big. What God wants to do with us, with you, what God wants to do with you, eyes have seen, ears have not heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of men. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, if you're looking at me now, why is he wearing a t-shirt on a Sunday? They made me wear the t-shirt. They said, this is Father's Day, and this is what you are going to wear. I, I thought Father's Day was the day that the fathers decide what to do. Is this what you are going to wear? This is, this is your top. This is what you are going to wear. No, no, you can't wear that. I just said, um, yes, mass. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so just, I mean, it's not my fault. If you don't like it, it's okay. Just say, it is not pastor's fault. If you like it, then we are good. <laughs> Can I go on? Okay, cool. So, God wants to do in you and through you what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, what has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. We, are, we have to understand and embrace that reality. And, and one of the things that opens us up to that is, is what we began to consider last week, that God wants us to operate from our roots in the kingdom. Not from the soil of our environment. We gave the example of, of onions. That onions get 
contaminated as it were because of the sulfur in the soil. And God wants us to operate in his spiritual environment called the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. So God's covenant is what ushers us into his kingdom. It is the covenant of God that ushers us into the kingdom. And, and we explained last week that as far as God's covenant is concerned, when God wanted to do his work with Adam. And Adam let God down, as it were. God still had the intention of working with one man and blessing the whole world through one man. Through one man. And God, through that man, raised a race. The children of Israel, as we know it, know them. And through them, Christ through them opens up the gates to you and I. So the blessings, the original blessings for dominion on earth obviously started with Adam and was established further in Abraham and exists today. We need to understand that. And, and it's, it's, it's tripartite, the, the blessings of, of Abraham through the um, Abrahamic covenant. We saw last week that it is a covenant of seed. It's a covenant of land. It's a covenant of the blessing. And we encourage us to go and read Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and, and Genesis 22. And we'll see the terms of the covenant. So God wants you and I to walk in the covenant he had with Abraham. Now, let's bring this home. Let's bring this home. If we look at the covenant of Moses, what we call the law, right? Praise the name of the Lord. The covenant of Moses came down the line. So when we say the law is passed, the old covenant is not relevant. What covenant are we referring to? The Mosaic covenant. Now, this is the line of Abraham. Adam started off here with God. And the Adamic covenant still exists. Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, replenish the earth, it still exists. 
But God wanted to elevate a man that would bring through whom salvation will come to the whole world because Adam lost it and God chose Abraham. And God said to Abraham, in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply your seed. Your seed will possess the gates of its enemies. And on and on and on and on and on. Now, why was the Mosaic covenant necessary? We are doing a recap here. The Mosaic covenant was necessary because on Mount Sinai, the children of Israel said to God, we don't want to talk to you directly. You talk to Moses. Then come and talk to us. And um, God says, fine. So God instituted the Mosaic Covenant. And in between for God and man. But when Jesus came, the Mosaic Covenant was crossed out at the cross, meaning that Jesus tore the veil. There was no mediator between man and God anymore, but Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Mosaic Covenant came to an end at the cross of Calvary. However, the Adamic Covenant continued. Everybody say continued. The Adamic Covenant continued. In fact, as we are going to see, Christ came so that we that are called Gentiles can be engrafted into the Adamic covenant. Otherwise, we have no business with this covenant. But Jesus came so that you and I can be engrafted into this Adamic, sorry, Abrahamic covenant. So that we can sing, Abraham's blessings are mine. You know that song? Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. So God's heart is, according to Deuteronomy 15, 4 that we read last week, God's heart is that there will be, there should be no poor among you. Deuteronomy 15, 4. His heart is there should be no poor among you. For the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land that is giving you as a special possession. Praise the name of the Lord. But by the time you get to verse 11, the same Deuteronomy 15, God says there will always be some, everybody say some, in the land who are poor. This is why I say that you should take care of the poor. So why will God say on one hand, there should not be a single poor person. On the other hand, God is saying, I know there will always be. Why? Because there will still be some that will not believe and embrace or obey and align with the covenant. If you want your life to be engrafted into God's supply, this is the key. 
if, if, you, if, you are not, if you just don't want a um, breakthrough tomorrow, you have a breakthrough, then, then, the, then after a while, you are sweating, then after a while, you are wondering, then, then after a while, you are praying for another breakthrough, then after a while, you know, if, if you want to run a system of unending supply, you need to be plugged to the covenant, and you need to understand what we are teaching in this series, I mean, it's so, so important. So today we will dive straight into our text, Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 8, Acts 3, from verse 1 to 8. It's on the screen. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service, as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, a different temple gate. Beautiful gate. So, he could, be, he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly. You know when you want to, when you want to collect something? They say, look at me. Ah, something's going to drop today. You know? Look at them intently, eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said... I don't have any silver or gold for you. Silver or gold, I have none. But I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now, this man has never walked in his life. Never. So when Peter says to him, get up and walk. He didn't know what to do. Peter had to help him. Help him up. This man was carried from birth to the temple to beg for help. Now, looking at the man, obviously, he was a son of Abraham. Obviously. Obviously, this man was not in the covenant. Well, he was in the covenant. He was not operating in the covenant. He was carried to beg hands. I'm praying today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that everyone in this place that is carried where you should be walking, you receive strength Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
I pray today that everyone that is begging for handouts from men, that God will make you to lend to nations in the mighty name of Jesus. And so shall it be. So when you see this man, helpless. For all his life, he, was, he has been begging for arms. And he asked for money. He looked at Peter and John. And the only thing he could ask for was money. It's interesting that sometimes, sometimes, we look at God and we ask for what will make our lives good. Meanwhile, what God wants to do is to give us what will make our lives full. We ask for what is good. We want to make our lives good. But God is saying, no, I want to make your lives full. I want to make your lives full. Imagine if Peter... And John had given this man gold and silver. What would have happened? Imagine they gave him a million dollars. What would have happened if they gave him a million dollars? At best, he would buy himself a remote-controlled wheelchair so that he can move from one temple gate to another temple gate quickly. When people are coming from this side, you will move here quickly. Then when they are going from that side, you will go there. It doesn't have to depend on people. But guess what? It will have a good life, but it will not have a full life. Praise the name of the Lord. So it's one thing to have a good life. It's another thing to have a full life. And what God wants to do with you is not to give you handouts. God wants to make your life full. Why? Because the things God can do for you, gold cannot do it. The things God can give to you, gold cannot give to you. The things God can save you from, gold cannot save you from. So when Peter said, silver and gold, I have none. The man must have felt a little bit disappointed. Many times we, go, we come to God with our own idea of how we want things to be done. This is what I want so that my life will be good. But God is saying, no, this is what you need so that your life will be full. We say, God, this is what I want so that I can have a good life. Jesus says, no, in John 10, 10, John 10, 10, the B part, Jesus says, my purpose is to give them what a rich and a, and a satisfying life. Many times we are convinced that what we need is money. Many times we are convinced in our heart that what we need is money. If I can only have more money. Oh, if I can only have more money. Oh, if I can only have more money. 
I'm here to tell you today that silver and gold you need not. <laughs> silver and gold you need not. That which you need, you will receive today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We are convinced we need more money. We, we, the man looks at his, his, his family and says, if I have more money, my marriage will be better. How many men, I will tell you to raise your hand, feel in their heart, if I have more money, I will have a better marriage. I'm here to tell you, you don't need money. Money is not your problem. Of course, you need money in, in usefulness, but money is not your problem. Many business people feel, if I have more money, if I have injection of funds, I can take my business to the next level. You don't have a money problem for your business. You don't have a money problem. Says I don't. You don't. Now, listen, guys. The day I realized this, my life changed. I mean, decades ago. That I really don't have a money problem. So what's the problem? Many times, the problem is you. You are the problem of your organization. Uh, everywhere is quiet. Sober. I was very sober too. I was very sober. You occurred to me that if this needs to change, if this is going to change, I, am, I have to change. You don't have a money problem. You have a wisdom problem. You don't have a money problem. You have an arrogance problem. You don't have a money problem. You have an understanding problem. So when my focus shifted from money, boom, money stopped becoming an issue. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> so we see here from that scripture, Jesus is saying, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. The man, this man, came to the temple of God and was looking for change from the hands of men. The man came to the temple of God. He didn't go to Peter's house. He came to God's house and he was looking for help from man. What if he came to God's house and he was looking for help from God? What do you think would have happened to him? Many times we come to God's house and we want solution from man. We come to God's house. Maybe I can meet that person that can give me a contract. We come to God's house. Maybe I can meet that man that should be my husband. Where are they? I, I come to God's house. Maybe I can meet that woman that can be my wife. Where on earth will she be? I come to God's house. Maybe I can get some connection. But you see, when you come to God's house to receive from the hand of God, 
your life changes. Your life changes totally and completely. So don't ask for riches when you can have the blessing. Don't ask for riches when you can have the blessing. Don't ask for silver and gold when you can get what can produce silver and gold. Don't. The blessings of the Lord makes rich. The word of God says in Proverbs, the blessings of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrows to it. It is not the riches of the Lord that makes blessed. It is the blessings, not when you are rich that you are blessed. It's when you are blessed that you produce wealth. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is big. And we need to understand that. I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus that because of the abundance of gold in your life, that silver will become like ordinary stones. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know some amen you say from here. Some amen you say from here. Some amen you say from here. That's the kind of amen you should be. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Genesis 3. Let's, let's see what God's heart is here. Genesis 3. No, Galatians 3, sorry. From verse 13. 13 to 14. Galatians 3. It says, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the tree. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, who is hung on the tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same what? With the same blessings he promised who? Abraham. So that we who are believers might receive the promise of the Spirit. So God has blessed us. Remember that picture with the cross. The same blessings he has blessed Abraham. What are these blessings? Just for the avoidance of doubt. For the avo- total avoidance of doubt. Genesis 3, 13, 2. Genesis 13, 2. We read it last week. Abraham, Abraham at the time, was very rich in what? Livestock in silver and in gold. The same blessing is upon you. To be very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. In the mighty name of Jesus. Abraham was not only blessed physically. Remember, it says so that the blessings of the spirit. Abraham was also blessed spiritually. Genesis 20, verse 7. When when the Philistine king took um, Sarah, God said, God showed up to him, and God says, now return the woman to her husband, and he will pray for you, for he is what? For he is a prophet. Then you will live, but if you don't return her to him, you can be sure of one thing, that you and all your people will die. You know, when God shows up, I give you that kind of instruction. <laughs> 
You know, <laughs> that was the first time in scripture that anybody would be called a prophet. Check it out. The first time in scripture. And Abraham was the first person pronounced a prophet by God himself, that this man is a prophet. So Abraham wasn't only a wealthy man, Abraham was a deeply spiritual man. Deeply spiritual man. So the blessings of spirituality also rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And we need to understand that. That's God's heart. God wants you to be spiritually wealthy and physically wealthy. Now let's let's look at, we've looked at the, the lame man. Let's look at Peter and John. Acts 3. Acts 3, 6. Acts 3 from verse 6. Acts 3 from verse 6. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus the Nazarene, get up and walk. Peter says, I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. You see, if all you are banking on is gold, as is physical wealth, the truth is that it can develop wings and fly. Men can take it off you. There's nothing on earth that is physical that you cannot lose. There's nothing. But guess what? While gold can be taken from you, no man can take God from you. No man. Gold can be taken from you, but there is no man that can take God from you. So where should your emphasis be? Where should the emphasis of your life be? Because you cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give what you don't have. Peter says, what I have, I give unto you. It's not, it's, it's not wishful thinking. It's not, um, let me see if I have it. He says, I have it. I have it. You know, when the Bible says, don't let the rich boast in their, their riches. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom. Let him that boast, boast in this, that he knows and understands me, the Messiah, the King of Israel. And, and, and that is what Peter was saying. That look, I, I, may not, I may not have gold and silver, but I have something that is more than gold. The Spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. Something more than gold. The Spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. So, the reality for us humans is this. As much as God doesn't say we should do without gold, as much as God doesn't say to you and I that gold is evil, God, is, God didn't say that. But the reality is this. The number one contender with God for man's heart 
remains gold. The number one contender with God. You know, it's, it's funny. God is saying, I can give you all the gold you want. The silver is mine. You're going to learn next week. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. They belong to me. I, in my presence, there's fullness of joy. At my right hands, there are what? Pleasures forevermore. The number one contender remains gold. Remains gold. So if you look at that, Acts 3, verse 6, again, Peter said, Acts 3, 6, yeah, Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. I mean, therein lies the mystery. And the mystery is this. If you don't have gold and you have God, you have all that you need. You have all that you need. If you don't have gold and you have God, you have all that you need. You have all that you need. But the converse is also true. The converse is also true. If you have gold and you don't have God, you lack all that you need. Converse is also true. If you don't have God, but you have gold, you lack all that you need. But if you don't have gold, but you have God, you have all that you need. You have all that you need. Everyone that has God, when they get to a situation and they don't have gold, listen, the God that they carry produces the gold. But everyone that has gold and doesn't have God, they will also get to a, a point where gold cannot help them. And since they don't have God, their lives become miserable. Everyone gets to that point. Everyone. Even Jesus did. Matthew 17. They, had, they came to him for tax. Jesus didn't have gold. But obviously it was God. And they said, pay us. They didn't have money. Judas has stolen the money. So Jesus said to Peter, however, we don't want to offend them. Go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay for my tax. And Don't you see Jesus even taking care of his boys, you know? Pay for, he didn't just pay for his own tax, he paid for Peter's tax. <laughs> just amazing. Just pay for both, for both of us. Jesus got to that situation, he didn't have gold. God in him can produce good. I can tell you examples and examples and examples of my life. Where I've gotten to a crossroad and I didn't have gold. But the God in me produces the gold. Ah, hallelujah and it's so 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 big it's so big Elijah said to the widow 
The widow came and says, oh, my master, your, my, your, my husband, your servant, was a good man, was a prophet. He's your son. Now he's dead. The creditors have come to take my children. Now I can't, I don't have any hope. And Elijah asked a very, very powerful question. That's not our focus. He says, what do you have? Your husband must have left something. He didn't have money, but go and check. He, 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 he's a prophet. He should have something. The woman came and says, oh, we, he, he, the man has oil. Listen, a prophet may not have gold, but a prophet must never lack oil. Never. Never. A prophet can go without gold for as long as God expects him to. And I can, obviously, some of you know my story. I can take a series of, series of seasons in my life. It doesn't bother me. Why? The Spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. You see, when you let gold determine your compass, that is a miserable life. When you let God determine your compass, you can never, never be stranded. Never. So, Elijah said, no, he has oil. He says, oh yeah. And guess what? Guess what? It's big. Don't miss this. Oil can produce gold. But gold cannot produce oil. I know you're writing. You're busy writing. It's going to go off quickly. So when you finish writing, then you can do your clapping. <laughs> oil can, have, can produce gold. Oil can produce gold over and over. Ask. Moses, oil can produce gold over and over. They were thirsty, boom, water came out. They, 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 they were hungry, boom, fish, um, meat came. You know, oil can produce gold, but gold cannot produce oil. And the beauty of, of oil is when you come to that place where you desire the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. That is your all-consuming passion. You find him. And you see, God can take you to through seasons to show you that man does not live by bread alone. But guard the oil. You go through the, the greatest turbulence in your life. Protect the oil. Protect your work with God. Protect the oil. Protect the oil. Why? Because the oil is going to get you out of that trouble. Every single time. Another beauty of the oil is that the, 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 the oil keeps God at the center. Even if it means going without gold. However, mammon keeps gold at the center. Even if it means going without God. The oil will keep God at the center. If mammon is driving your life, you say you have suffered enough. You have to be wise. You have to be sharp. You know, we try and keep gold at the center. Even if it means you are going outside of God's heart for you. You need to run for your life. But the oil will keep God at the center. Keep God at the center. You know, one of the greatest, greatest problems with mammon 
is this. Mammon gives a false sense of ownership. You know, we've, we've explained, talked about Mammon a little bit last week, so you'll understand if you were here. Mammon gives a false sense of ownership. Mammon is a spirit. Mammon is not money. Mammon is a spirit that tries to use money to control people. That's what Mammon is. Mammon is a spirit that tries to use money to control people. Mammon tries to play tricks on people, on us. Tries to make us have a false sense of ownership. Mammon tries to make us have our identity in our possessions. That's what Mammon tries to do. It makes us try to have our identity in what we have or what we don't have. Mammon. So, if you think that you have a great future or a bleak future based on the availability of money or not, Mammon is playing tricks on you. So, if you think your future is bleak because you are broke, or you think your future is bright because you have gold, Mammon is playing tricks on you. If you think, oh, my future is bleak because I am broke, oh, the future, I can't see the future. If you think the future is bleak because you are broke, Mammon is playing tricks on you. If you think, if you think the future is bright because you have gold, Mammon is playing tricks on you. Either way, Mammon is playing tricks on you. God wants to be your security. God and not gold should be your security. So your security should not be in what you have. Your security should be in who you are. And who you are is based on whose you are. We based our, we get our identity on whose we are, on who we belong to. Today's Father's Day, our children, our family, our wives should get their identity based on who we are. This is who your father is. This is who you are. Many of us, our fathers have been mediocre. They've not worked with God. God is starting a new line with you. Praise the name of the Lord. You should say to your children, this is who you are. Your father is Femi Munei. You don't bow to the devil. You bow to Jesus. So, so your children should, should be able to say, ah, I can't, I can't bow because my father is put your name there. Oh, everybody, everybody, they are stealing. I can't steal because my, my father. Do you remember I'm going to boarding house? I, I told you the story. My mom would say to me every time when she drops me off, because you know, I used to be a little bit notorious, just a little bit, you know. So she, she so she when she drops me off, she said to me, one of her last words every time, remember the son of who you are. And true to it, every time I'm in that place, that word comes back to me. Tell me, this is who you are. This is who you are. So your security should not be in what you have, but should be who you are, which flows from what? Whose 
you are. It flows from who's you are. So when we let our, when we, a lot of us, you know, when we let our, our, our net worth determine our self-worth, your self-worth is a function of your balance sheet, then mammon is playing tricks on you. Big tricks on you. When you feel confused, honestly, 90% of people are like this. Which is why you have to get out of that. Because you have to be distinct. 90% of people determine who they are based on their net worth, based on their bank account. But you should know that I'm a Jew. I'm a spiritual Jew. This is who I am. This is what the covenant affords me. So your, your future is secured by Jehovah, the most high God, regardless of your balance sheet, regardless of your circumstances. Your future is secured by God. You don't need to impress anyone. You don't need to oppress anyone. Just know this is who I am. This is who I am. So, when we look at silver and gold, our attitude towards silver and gold should be that of stewardship and not that of ownership. If there's anything you take away from this teaching, is that our attitude towards silver and gold should be that of stewardship and not ownership. I say that again. Our attitude towards silver and gold should be that of stewardship, not ownership. Should be that of stewardship and not ownership. Now, imagine for a moment that you have a friend. You have a friend. Let's <clears throat> Let's say Let's say you have a friend Your friend's name Is Jumbu I will say Jumbu You say to Jumbu <laughs> Jumbu my son Sent you to school. You know, I might be put out of that song. Put up your hand. Out of that song. You see, you see. Have you tried to? As far as I said, your that song was playing in my head. Now, now you have a sister that kind of live in the same vicinity as as who? As Jumbu. And you say. And you give Jumbu, you send 50K to Jumbu. Then you say to Jumbu, please transfer 50K to my sister. She doesn't have a bank account. Give her 50K. Withdraw it and give her. She needs it in school. What, what will Jumbo do if he's not a thief? 
what, what would John Bull do normally? He's a good guy. I mean, there's no... It's not a trick question. <laughs> what would John Bull do? John Bull would just cash it. Take it to the house. And give your sister. Right? Good. Now, what if you didn't transfer anything to John Bull? You just say to John Bull, I bet, go give my sister 50k. What, what would John Bull do? John Bull will call his day, oh boy, are you okay? What's going on? Do you want to borrow it? If you want to borrow it, come out clear. I mean, you, John Bull will engage you in the conversation. John Bull will be reluctant at the least. John Bull, if he just says, yes, I carry this 50k and give your sister, I know there's something going on. I'm just saying. <clears throat> so, I know you get that. Wednesday. <laughs> my point is this. My point is this. Ownership grants the possessor the right to transfer the possession to whoever they want. If you see yourself as the owner, and God says to you, give this money to this person. You will question God. Every time you've questioned God, every time you've hesitated, every time you've said to God, let's have a conversation about this, you are saying to God, I'm the owner. I can do you a favor. But if you, if you, if you see yourself not as the owner, but as the steward, And you know that everything you have, God transferred it to you first. And God says, okay, give this person this money. What will be your response? Instantly. So our attitude to gold and silver should be that of stewardship and not that of ownership. Praise the name of the Lord. Not that of ownership. But the beauty about God is that if you position yourself as a, as a steward, the real owner will be transferring many things through you. But like you see, Jesus, the heart of God is this. God, Jesus will never pay his tax without taking care of his boys. God will never use you and leave you broke. The day I stop seeing myself as the owner of anything I have. Freedom. Freedom. I'm just a steward. I'm just a steward. I'm just a steward. So, my question to us fathers, particularly everybody, but fathers particularly, is this. Are you an owner or are you a steward of what you have? This Father's Day. Are you, are you the owner of your family? Is this your wife? This is my house. Is this your house? This is my chair. Is this your chair? Or you are just sitting on it as a steward? Your business, your possession, everything you have, is it yours? 
or are you just a manager? You see, I want, to, I, want to, I want to say to you today, change your mindset from ownership to stewardship and see what God will do with you. And God will test it, though. Don't get me wrong. God will test it to see that if it's really uh, mouth work or if it's real. In the garden, that's what God is about. God said to Adam, Adam, you can eat of everything. You are a steward. I am the owner. To prove I am the owner, don't touch this tree. Someone says, oh, what's the big deal about that tree? No, that's not the issue. It's not the tree. It's not the content of the tree. It's the fact that the owner says don't touch it. And you touch it. It's the same. It's the principle of prioritizing God in every area of our life. The principle of tithing. That's where tithing stems from. God says, your income, I want to show you it's not your own. One tenth, bring it. They say, ah, one tenth, God, ah. That is a lot. What are they even doing with the money? You see? Jumbu has started a... Jumbu has started a conversation. When God says, oh, there's that sister. Can't you see? She needs to have a new shoe. Buy her a new shoe. And say, ah, no, 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 no. Last time I bought myself a new shoe, you, Jumbu, started a conversation. Started a conversation. And that is how God wants us to relate. So when you see yourself as a steward and not as an owner, you are making two big statements. When you see yourself as a steward and not as an owner, you are making two huge statements. The first one is a statement that David made. David, in 1 Chronicles 29, 16, David had put all the silver, all the gold, all the resources that is needed to build God's house, David says to God, Oh Lord our God, even this material, everything we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from who? Some people, when they give to God, they say, God, you see, I'm doing you a favor, you know. You hold me one. David says, no. Everything comes from you. It's all belongs, everybody say belongs it all belongs to you, so the first statement you are making is this, everything I have in my possession belongs to God and that has huge ramifications, everybody that wants to attack it must attack God that's why God says I will rebuke this reverse for you, so in other words they are not this anymore, your, the battle over your financial destiny becomes God's personal battle because it is the owner of a thing that defends it. President of the Lord. It's the owner of a thing that defends it. So God is saying, you are making a, a huge statement that, hey, this is not mine. The second statement you are making, Abraham, when he, he defeated the kings of Sodom in Genesis 14, from 19 to 20. Okay, from 18. He says, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, a priest of God, the most high, brought Abraham some bread and wine. And Melchizedek blessed Abraham with this blessing. Blessed be Abraham by God, most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. And Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had Recovered. No, people say, oh, uh, ten, comma, um, tithing is Old Testament, is um, 
Mosaic law is come to an end. Who started it? Which covenant ended at the cross? Mosaic law. Mosaic covenant. So, you are making the second statement that all my victories, every single one, comes from God. When you see yourself as a steward and not as the owner, you are saying all my victories come from God. You know what? You are, you are setting yourself up never to lose the battle. You are saying all my victories are work, all my victories are home, all my victories in the village comes from who? Comes from God. That is how our attitude should be. And these two statements can be summarized in these words. Silver and gold, I have none. Silver and gold, I have none. That is the summary of the two statements. Praise the name of the Lord. So when we go through life, the truth is this. We brought nothing into this world. And we can take nothing away. Bring up the scripture in Ecclesiastes. Then right after that, you bring up the scripture in First Timothy. He says, we all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. We can't. First Timothy 6, 7 says, for we brought nothing. Everybody say nothing. We brought nothing into this world. And it is certain, certain, certain. We can carry nothing out of this world. Nothing. Regardless of what you are driving. If you are driving a Tesla X, which is about $150,000. It's about 50 million naira. Or you are driving my uh, wife's about 10-year-old care sportage. It doesn't matter what it is. They are both staying here. They are both staying here. They are both staying here. And nothing will go. We don't own anything. And we can't take anything. We don't own anything. We can't take anything. So, when you, sh- when you show up in heaven, they're going to say, silver and gold, I bring none. Because silver and gold, I have none. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. 
Can I still join them? Yes, you can. Can I lift up that hand and I'll pray for you now. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendered to you. The rest of us, let's, let's talk to God. And let's just say to God, Father, I am, I am a steward now. Today, I declare my stewardship. Declare your stewardship before God. I declare my stewardship before you, the God of heaven and earth. I declare my stewardship. Now, if you, if you give your life to Jesus, you have the card. Like I said, I don't need you to come forward, but I'm going to pray with you now. Father, I pray that you lay your hands upon these, your children, wherever they are, and cleanse them and save them and deliver them. Let their work with you be real and tangible and let your name be glorified. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Honor and glory be given to you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Let's pronounce God for the Lord, for his kindness, for his word, for his mercy.